Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 84 of the Hashtag Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Cynthia Blaze, and this is the show all about thriving in the mom stage in life. This summer in our Summer Rewind, we are revisiting great stories from the show and what we are calling the Summer of Storytelling. I think we women need to know each other's stories and share our own stories with each other. When we do that, we learn about the grace and goodness of the Lord and are able to extend grace and goodness towards others. On this episode, Christine Neiman shares her story of learning to forgive her mom. Have you ever struggled to forgive someone? Listen to this powerful conversation with Christine as she shares with great vulnerability and authenticity. Christine and I have been friends for almost 15 years, and we have walked through a lot together. We met when I was in a really raw place in my life. I was 28, going through my divorce, had left my church job because of it, and was feeling like a total failure in my life especially as a failure in the eyes of God. I had reconnected with a childhood friend of mine, Tina, and Tina and I had decided to learn how to surf. I was at this place where I was in a lot of emotional pain and trying to reimagine my life and learning to surf seemed like the answer to all of it. So um, as Tina and I were learning to surf, she said, you have to meet my friend Christine because she is an awesome surfer. Christine had just moved back to San Diego and these two women who both loved Jesus became huge supporters to me. And Christine, as she has shared on this podcast, has subsequently got through, gone through her own pain. She struggled with seven years of infertility and failure to adopt and finally did succeed in adopting and then did become pregnant. But those were seven long years when together we kept asking God, what are you doing? What is the end of the story? So a few months ago, I asked Christine if she would lead a session at our hashtag mom life Friday morning group. And the only Friday she had free was the Friday before Mother's Day. I asked Christine to just share anything from her heart. And as she prayed, she felt like she wanted to talk about learning to extend grace and forgiveness to her own mom. We had a really powerful time together. And I asked Christine to share her journey here on this podcast. So today, we are going to be talking about our own moms and forgiveness. So hi, Christine. Hi, Cynthia. Thanks for inviting me. It's so fun to have you back. Let's start by just introducing you a little bit. Remind us, where are you from and where did you grow up? I grew up in glamorous San Jose, California. And uh, I went to school in Berkeley. I went to medical school in New York and came to San Diego over 20 years ago to do my residency. Awesome. And um, you didn't come from a family of faith, did you? Tell us about that. No, my father had grown up in the home of faith, and my grandparents uh, went to church regularly, and I could say my grandma is definitely a believer, and my dad kind of drifted away from that in his young adult years, and my mom did not come from a family of faith, so I I was not raised in that. So then tell us your faith story. How did you come to know Jesus personally? Um, In college at Berkeley. um, I had uh, a roommate who is a Christian, invited me to a Bible study with InterVarsity. And uh, a couple months later, uh, after thinking, gosh, what if if these words are true? What if this is more than a story or a good literary piece? Um, Became a Christian, decided to follow Jesus. I love that you became a Christian in college. That's a great story. You have told me that learning to extend grace has been one of the biggest challenges of your faith journey. Can you share about that? 
I think um, since becoming a Christian in college, I've been a really regular churchgoer and active and very involved, but I still didn't come into a full understanding of grace. Um, Grace for myself, uh, understanding that God loves me as much as today, as tomorrow, as he has in the past. That really is not work or merit-based and understanding grace for my family, my husband, and my children, that it's really free. It's a free gift. And because I wasn't understanding it for myself, I wasn't extending it to other people. And I felt that uh, on the external, I really looked like I was a good Christian, but inside I wasn't, because I didn't understand grace, I still had a lot of uh, really ugly things inside my heart, like bitterness and jealousy and resentment and the list goes on and unforgiveness and pride um but thank god God. how did god begin to sort of help you process all of that i think um when i first got my children my marriage started falling apart and it'd be pretty clear that i didn't comprehend how life-giving grace was that uh, my marriage was going to fall apart and I would have nothing to give. That, I mean, it was huge because you went from, you adopted mm-hmm. a child and mm-hmm. then within months of getting home, you were pregnant, which is something you'd obviously wanted and longed for mm-hmm. for a very long time and mm-hmm. prayed for. But at the same time, the adjustment that you and JD went through of going from zero kids to two kids in a year was obviously very significant. And that was obviously a very, very stressful time for you guys. Um, so it was just sort of giving a little bit of background. But so it was really through that time that you felt like you began to understand grace and learn grace. to extend it. Yeah, grace and what it means to have living water in you and to have a well inside your soul that isn't poisoned by all the the, the things I just mentioned. But really, that life-giving grace, it's really possible only through Jesus. Totally. Um, We want to talk about your relationship with your mom. Can you describe what your relationship was like with her over the years? Um, Well, um, my mom... Uh, I have to start by telling, talking about my mom. My mom is an immigrant. She grew up in Hong Kong. She came over here in college. And she married my dad in the late 60s, and she worked for a time uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the chemistry lab. And then she stayed at home after my brother and I were born. And then she worked for my dad, who had a small engineering firm. And I wouldn't say my mom was a hardcore tiger mom, but I, there was definitely expectations that I would do my schoolwork. I would practice the violin, go to Chinese school. And she was very authoritarian in her stance. Uh, and I think by nature she's kind of a critical person. So I would often get assessed pretty harshly. Um, I don't have a single memory of my mom uh, playing with me. Uh, but I do remember one time she made clothes for my Barbie doll. She always seemed a really distant. And especially in my teenage years, I, I think I felt the void. She really didn't provide a whole lot of guidance in terms of what it meant to be a woman. 
Uh, we didn't do any bonding. There's no shopping or pedicure or coffee talk time. <laughs> Which are very important. <laughs> Which are important, I guess. And then her advice was always kind of seemed kind of out of paranoia or judgment. Like, don't get fat. Don't go out at night. Only marry people within your race. Don't let your passport expire. And so as I came into my adult years, I always felt a lack of intimacy with my mom. Or There was no sense of friendship. That's a lot. Um, yeah. And I think those critical words, especially as we grow up, are very, very difficult. Because as children, we get our sense of self you know, from our parents. Yeah. And so when you hear those critical words, we tend to internalize them. Yeah. Um, and believing that that's what our nature is. So um, that's a lot of pain that you've accumulated. And I know you're not telling all the details and that's not that important. But how did you begin to sort, how did God begin to help you sort of process that pain? Um, I think it began this year. I really didn't know. 2019 was going to be about my mom. The year of your mom. <laughs> Those could be about me. But um, <laughs> I, you know, my relationship with her because she's not a Christian is always a little guarded. And I, I, because of our relationship, I can't share the gospel directly. But I say little things like, "Mom, you could be a little more generous. Tip a little more." <laughs> forgive people and she always seems kind of annoyed you know that's all I could really say to her but one day I was talking and she was talking about someone that had passed and we were talking about heaven and I asked her where do you think that person goes and she says well they're just gone I don't believe in heaven and that made me really sad I felt I felt like something had just dropped in my heart and then a couple of weeks later, uh, we were talking about something I, I thought she would really enjoy doing, but it would take some momentum to do. And she really was kind of stubborn and didn't want to do it. So she said in a very accusing tone when I pressed her, she said, you don't know me. And my first response in my head was to quit back and go be back the, at six-year-old and said, well, you haven't acted like someone who wanted to be known all these years you want to be known oh my gosh that's news but then I, I didn't say that self-restraint <laughs> 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 I just kind of stored it away and I kept thinking about it and I kept thinking wow imagine 20 years from now if I had a daughter and I felt that my daughter didn't know me how how hard that is you know how sad that is because your daughter is kind of maybe sometimes should be or maybe shouldn't be like a mini me or Maybe have a certain more aspirations for her. And I look at who I am and who she is, and I'm not really a mini-me of her, and I wonder how that feels. I'm kind of an opposite. There's a lot of things that I do. I choose maybe the opposite because I just don't want to be like my mom in certain ways. Um, so I didn't started thinking um, about my mom more. And I think that was the beginning. And it seems like you began to sort of see life through her eyes, right? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about more about that? Well, my mom, as harsh as she is as a mother, has been a really good grandmother. 
And I always joke with my kids. I'm like, kids, tie, Zach. That lady that's giving you candy and telling you that she loves you, that is not the lady I grew up with. I don't know who that lady is, but that was, like, not who I grew up with. And she's, for all her critics, she says really nice things about my parenting. She's told me that I've been a good mom. And started me thinking, I'm like, gosh, well, maybe she was saying nice things about my motherhood, which is, though, I think the one true thing, one nice thing she said to me all my life is that maybe it was hard for her to be a mother. Maybe it was hard for her to be away from her family. And my dad can be very difficult sometimes. And I don't think she had a um, some great girlfriends to lean on when times got drunk or you need to just get out of the house for a play day or have some coffee. Um, so I started to see things a little more compassion in her motherhood. Did she emigrate here? Did you say that? Yeah. Uh-huh. And didn't you say that she came from a pretty wealthy family yeah. back at home? Mm-hmm. She so did. she had certain... Um, expectations for her life that maybe weren't quite what she maybe. expected. Yeah, immigrating yeah, here to the U.S. and yeah, I mean your family, I think, obviously was fine, but it might not have been the sort of yeah. She style. grew up in a life where she had servants growing up, but yeah. that certainly was not the life we grew up in. Yeah. So you you told us at our mom life group that this led as you began to see life through her eyes. This began to have you relate to your mom differently can you share a little bit about that how did you begin to relate to your mom differently well first thing um i think it was a new compassion new attitude and that was inside me and i i believe truly believe that's from god and his holy spirit um so i started thinking on my mom differently and then uh my brother's been pretty good at always calling my mom regularly and me it was kind of like every two weeks three weeks maybe even more and whenever i call her i'd be like hi like really hi mom how's it going i'd be waiting for the shoe to drop because she would say invariably you must be so busy it was kind of condemning i'm like i'm just finally calling you you have to say that so i said well my brother was still calling my mom regularly and he just had a new baby i'm like okay i'll try to call her Every day. And when I told my husband, he started to laugh. He says, all right, we'll just see how this goes. Because after a couple of days, she'll say something. You'll be like, forget this. It was a bad idea. But I'm really glad my husband said that because that's the challenge I need. If you're going to say that, I'm going to finish it. So I started calling her every day. And by the third or fourth day, my mom knew something was up. <laughs> She's like, what? Something going on? I'm like, no, just see how you're doing in San Jose and then by the end of the first week I think she was kind of liking it she's like oh hi well you didn't yesterday you called at noon but today you're calling at dinner long day or yeah I think that's a really cool thing how has calling your mom daily changed your relationship with her um I think it's helped me know her a little better I mean, when I call her, she's talking about the most mundane little details in her life. She's telling me about when she gets up, when she took her nap, when she went to sleep, when she went to the farmer's market. My mom's retired, if you can't tell. (laughs) Um, Who she bought her vegetables from, what she cooked for dinner, 
how the filling in her tooth came out, how she's filing her taxes. You can kind of get the gist. Um, Do you feel like it's built anything there between you? Yeah. Um, so every once in a while I read a Brene Brown book. She's kind of a pop psychologist. But a pop psychologist wouldn't be in she's a, She's a social psychologist. And she's recently been studying trust. And trust is built on a series of little steps, not the big ones. That's what she's discovered. So I feel like by calling my mom every day that she's learning to trust me more because I'm learning the details of her life. And um, in the, and now, you know, I've been calling my mom for about oh, like almost two months now. She still thanks me at the end of the phone call, which is really new. And it's really kind of genuine, and I appreciate it. And I think she likes the thought of having someone check in with her. I miss some days. I'm about 80% of terms of calling her every day. But she's not so mad. I don't get the you must be so busy line. Like, oh, yeah, I was just working late, Mom. Uh, sometimes I call and just leave a message. <laughs> I don't even. I just hang out so she can see that I call. <laughs> but I think she's feeling more loved. And this might be the most loving thing I've ever done for her. And it just takes six to eight minutes a day. I put it on timer. I take a look. And she doesn't need much. How do you think this exercise has changed you? Um, it's brought me more into her world and what it looks like for her. And, um, it, and it's actually changed my kids too, because just when I'm reminding them to go play the piano or go read for 20 minutes, they, they ask me, well, have you called grandma today? I think you missed yesterday. They're kind of enjoying it, but maybe they're teaching them to call me in about, 20 years every day. I don't know. Planting that seed. Maybe. I like how you say that sometimes you will do it like if you're driving with them in the car and put your mom uh, on yeah. speaker uh-huh. so then they talk to her too. Uh-huh. My mom, I a couple weeks ago I asked my mom, hey, seems like you really enjoy these phone calls. What is it that you like the most? And I was hoping she'd say something like, I really like getting to know you and the steps you've taken and I really value our relationship. But no, she didn't say that. She said, I really like it every once in a while when Zach says something about it. He has a lot to say. I'm like, okay, I'll take it as it is. All right. Let's take it as it is. What um, what are you hoping will be the result of this exercise of calling your mom daily? You said maybe an example to your kids. But what else? You know, my ultimate goal is that she would come to know to the Lord. Um, that she would worship in his house, that she would just find all the rest and restoration and the peace that she has so far not gotten in her life, but she would find it through Jesus. So I hope and I pray and I declare that one day I will worship in the house of the Lord with my parents, with my children, and my children's children. I like how you said that you're hoping that by opening up these short conversations of trust, that one day she'll be able to trust you to be able to share your story of faith with her. Yeah, with a bigger detail. So maybe 
I feel like right now it's all about listening to her. Um, I don't tell her that I pray for the kids when I worry or I'm forgiving this person in this situation because of this. I'm dealing with this. 